You are now listening to the London International Christian Church Podcast. to the man, where are you? Right? As if God has to call for anyone. 
Yes. And then he's like, oh, well, look, I, I, I don't see you guys. <laughs> no, no, he's looking for the man to actually have a relationship with, with, uh, uh, with him. Right? He said, hey, where are you? And says, he answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And God says to him, who told you that you were naked? Mm. Right? God created us in a way where we could actually just be free. Yeah. But the problem is sin. The problem is sin, and, and because of sin, we feel ashamed, we feel guilty, we, we feel like we can't have a relationship with God. But God actually, in His, in, in his design for us, it's like, it should be shameless. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And, and sin makes us ashamed of ourselves, and sin can also make us ashamed of the gospel. Yeah. Right? We're like, oh, I'm not good enough to preach the word. Maybe that's true. And actually, it is true. I'm definitely not good enough to preach the word. I, I'm a sinner. I, I don't have any any right to be here except that God has called me to be here. Right? Yeah. And everyone everyone in here was called by God. Yeah. That you are here this morning is not, not by chance. It is totally defined by God and God wants to have a relationship with you. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And so the title of today's lesson is Bold and Unashamed. Come on. And I would like to look with you guys. And some people who were bold and unashamed. Come on, bro. Let's turn to Luke chapter 3. Point number one a voice calling in the desert. Of course, you understand that this is John the Baptist, right? Um, there's a prophecy, and it, it says in Luke chapter 3, verse 4. But as I have prophesied about him, a voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for him, every valley shall be filled, filled in. Every mountain and hill made low, the crooked road shall become straight, the rough way, rough way is smooth, and all mankind will see God's salvation. Right? John the Baptist was called to prepare the way for Jesus. Right? To do that, you got to be bold. Right? And, and, and John, he lived in a time of, uh, in, the, in the Roman Empire, and all these governors, they were known to be cruel, and, and um, they were cruel, and I, I forgot the English word, right? <laughs> this, this issue when, when English is not your first language, you just keep on forgetting words sometimes. <laughs> the government there was corrupt and cruel, right? as well as the, the, the religious leaders. Mm -hmm. And so it says then in verse 3, in chapter 3, Come on, bro. it says, on a, uh, verse 2, it says, During the high priest of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah in the desert. Right? Here, J John is in the desert, and here the word of God comes to him. And it says, then he went into all the country around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. John the Baptist was in the desert. That was not a nice place. The desert is hot, sandy. You don't want to go there, right? I, I, I was in, in Sydney, Australia. I lived there for three years. And in summer... It is horrible. Oh, I don't know. If, I don't know about you guys. If you like the heat, I don't know. If you like the heat, but I do not like the heat. No, I, I just do not like the heat. And especially when, when you're in your house, 
I see there's some some dissensions of ideas. I did not enjoy it, but it was too hot. Right? There you go. I'm Paul Wickie. But but in summer, at night, when you're in your bed and it's 35 degrees. Without aircon, because electricity is super expensive in Australia. Oh. <laughs> it's just, okay, it's just no, not, yeah. it's not a nice place, no. right? <laughs> At the beach, amen. Because yeah. you can jump into the water, but, but live there. You know, in the first you're excited, and then you go, okay, amen. Can you just lower the temperature a little bit throughout summer? But anyway, so John the Baptist was in the desert and was not a comfortable place. But right there, he receives God's word, and it, it moves him to preach the word. Mm. See, when we listen to God, it should move us to preach, to go out and to tell other people the good news about God. Yeah. And the truth is, we live in a spiritual desert today. Yeah. Right? We live in London right now with, with a lot of people in the city, and it doesn't look like the desert. But it is, in fact, the spiritual desert. Yeah. In the UK, there's 422,000 people affected with STDs. Wow. In the US, there's 65 million people infected with STDs. Wow. And it's rising by 50 million every year. Wow. And the crazy thing is, is that 10 to 25% of those infected, infected only know it. Wow. So most of the people who are infected don't even have a clue. Wow. Right? We live in a time where people want it, want it, they, they do not have any sense of purity. Yeah. They don't have any sense of love. We, we live in a time where, where life is not good. Yeah. Although it looks good. Right. Right? But we're actually very, very sad inside. Mm. Come on, John. A lot of people drink alcohol. I almost died at the age of 17 because I drank too much. Um, a lot of people are overdosed. I mean, you look at all the celebrities and, and they yeah. die yeah. because they just, you know, the, the front singer of Linkin Park, he had six, mm. six kids. He was in one of the best bands in his time. Mm. He was famous and he was still depressed. Yeah. He still didn't live a life worth living in his eyes. Mm. That's why he took his life. Mm. See, but... But John, he went out, and it says in the prophecy about him that, that every valley should be filled in. Every mountain and hill made low, the crooked road shall become straight. The rough ways smooth. The only way how we get there is through preaching. Right? The only way how, how John the Baptist was able to go there was through preaching the word. To prepare the way for Jesus. Then Jesus had to keep on moving. He had to keep on smoothing the, 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 the ways. Right? I want to I raise the standard for the, for the London church. I want men and women to raise up to preach the word. Yeah. If you don't receive the word of God, this is why you don't preach. Yeah. If you don't have awesome quiet times every single morning, and it doesn't move you to do something awesome, you have to question yourself how much you actually value God. Yeah. How much you actually value life. Mm. Right? If, if God really is moving in your life, there will be a difference. Yeah. Now, he preached a baptism of repentance. Mm. Right? Yeah. Now, that is very radical. <laughs> yeah. But why? 
right? His audience was were the Jews. Yeah. And Jews would not get baptized. Because it was only the Gentiles who would get baptized because they want to convert to Judaism. That's right. Right? So so John goes to the Jews and says, You gotta get baptized. Like what? Why? Oh, because you're not right with God. What? That was a very radical message, mm. a super radical message, because the Jews, they didn't put themselves down to the uh, low to the Gentiles. They were, we are better than the Gentiles, because you know what? We have Abraham as our father, mm. yeah. right? And so they're like, no, we have a great inheritance. We have, we have a great background. We don't need to get baptized. And John goes out and he preaches a radical message. Mm-hmm. That's the same thing what we have to do today. We have to go out and preach radical messages. It says in verse 7, John said to the crowds coming out to be baptized by him, You brood of vipers who want you to flee from the coming wrath, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not begin to say to yourselves, Do you know when you start talking to yourself mm-hmm. and, you, and you mess up big time, but then you try to rationalize it? You're like, Oh, you know what? I'm actually not that bad. You know, at least Abram is my dad. You know, he's my forefather. And you know he he did awesome things, and, and you start to tell yourself that you're actually not bad. Yeah. I have that so much in my life. Where just where I sin, and, I'm the, and then I feel really bad that right after I sin, and then after a while, I go, oh, but to be honest, it's fine. <laughs> I get I get I have great friends around me. They lift me up, they help me up. But and I lose my guilt. Right. I lose that that I actually messed up big time. Oh, and so he says, do not talk to yourselves. Don't begin. Don't even start to talk to yourself. We have Abraham as our father. Right? Your background doesn't have anything to do with your right standing with God. Right? Just because your parents are Christians, just maybe because your your best friends are Christians, just because they have awesome quiet times, maybe even in discipling relationships. Then you go, oh, my disciple. You know, when I look at Michael, I go, wow, Michael, he's such a great man of God. And he will pull me through. He said, no, 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 you will not. not. It is your responsibility to be right with God. Right? And we got to call everybody to that. It is awesome to say the Bible with people. We have have a guy around. He's from New York at the moment. And it was really cool. He was met by Paul at midnight, I believe. Very, huh? 4 a.m. There you go. He was met by Paul at 4 a.m. in the library. And they both thought about sharing their faith with each other, right? And we, 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 then Paul went up to him and, and, he, and he shared his faith with him and then we started studying the Bible and so, and so we challenged him on certain things and he, and he starts off, yeah, my, Christ, and my family are Christians and my church and this and this and this but, yeah, but what about you? Are you right with God? Let's not talk about other people. Let's talk about you. Yeah. Or don't even start to talk about your church. Mm-hmm. This is what I did. You know, I studied at Hillsong College. Mm-hmm. You know, Hillsong Church. I was at Hillsong Germany. I was at this church and that church. I was serving. Then I gave up my degree to go to Australia to study at Hillsong College. Mm-hmm. And they are awesome and I wasn't. Right? And then I studied there and I found out they're not even awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? They are sleeping around. They're getting drunk. They're lying. They're, they're not living the biblical life. Wow. And you just sit there in college and you go, you ask the guys, hey, what do you want to do when you have your, your degree in theology or that kind of theology that they teach? 
Yeah. Like, well, actually, I just didn't know what to do after high school. Thought it was cool to travel. That's why I'm here. Wow. I actually don't really, you know, I, I, I don't really read my Bible. You know what? Mm. And this is when I start to question, right? This is when I start to, oh, man, this is actually, actually the right thing. Wow. And then I read the Bible more and more. I read in one, uh, First John, that if you say that you're a Christian, you're gonna live like Christ. Yeah. Yeah. I looked at my life and I said, I do not do that. I'm not saved. I start to pray. Let's be humble. I didn't think that I wasn't saved. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, let, let's just say I had to change. Right? I had to change. When I prayed, and two weeks later, a guy bumps into me and says, "Hey, you want to come to Bible? Hey, man, let's do this." And they had repentance as their as their topic, and I was like, "Oh, nobody repents." doesn't exist anymore. Wow. <laughs> and so the guy told me, Joe Willis, he's like, yeah, but maybe on, your church is wrong. Yeah. Oh, wow, that, well, that's a new teaching right there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and so then we said about and a week later I got baptized. Yeah. <laughs> so your background doesn't have anything to do with your right standing with God. Yeah. And even as disciples, we don't have to weird us out and fake us out and, and say, yeah, we are awesome because we got baptized, we, we repented, and, and we had good quiet times in the, back in, in the day, and we, we baptized people, we evangelized, <laughs> and we did all these, but now it stops. Yeah. But at least I can, I can sleep on my, on my past, right? Mm -hmm. on, on the good things I did in the, in the past. Mm -hmm. so I was like, oh, that past righteousness is, is, is nothing. You got to keep on... You gotta keep having the fruit of repentance, yeah. Yeah. Yes. right? Yeah. And then verse ten, it is very cool because the Jews here they didn't even freak out at that time. Mm -hmm. They actually said that in verse ten, "What should we do then?" The crowd asked. Yeah. See, this has to be our our response, yeah. right? If we if we want to follow Christ, we gotta get discipling. We we need people in our lives that really mentor us, yeah. right? We need to to. And when we get challenged, we, our question should be, what should I do? Amen. Right? We should ask, well, what, what do I need to do? And then do it. It says then, John answered, the man with two tunics should share with him who has none, and the one who has food should do the same. Ooh. Tax collectors also came to be baptized. Now these people were hated by everybody, right? Yeah. And even they came out. Like, oh, I, I get to get right, got to get right with God. Like, uh, although nobody here likes me, I, I still want to go for God. Right? Yeah. So they actually went out and they had great intentions. And it says, don't collect any more than you are required to. Then some soldiers asked him, and what should we do? He replied, do not exalt money and don't accuse people falsely. Be content with your pay. <laughs> what I like about John is he basically tells them, live a loving life. Stop being selfish. It, it's not that difficult. Mm -hmm. Just be loving. Mm -hmm. Just be outward focused. Don't only focus on yourself. Yeah. It's not about you. Mm -hmm. That's literally what God calls us to do. Yeah. It's not some science. You know, we don't have to study like crazy to actually figure out God's will. Yeah. It says then the people were waiting expectantly as we're all wondering. Uh, and were all wondering if in their hearts if John might possibly be the Christ. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. They, these people look at John and they're like, wow, you have so much impact. That's incredible. Mm. Mm. Wow. We've never met someone like you. 
are you the Messiah? Wow. Right? I want to put this before you. Is this you? Are people looking at you and be like, wow. I leave. No, <laughs> <laughs> well, when you're around, I, I no feel like I have to repent right now. And I, I am just so... Sean, is that you? People, people you say the Bible with people and, and they go, whoa. Crazy, right? But John the Baptist, he was bold enough to say, I baptize you with water. But one more powerful than I will come, the thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. Mm -hmm. Now here, what's interesting about this, this whole saying, what he says is because, so what, what happens is for the, with a rabbi, with a teacher, he would have, have disciples. And the worst thing that, or like the, it, it was really looked down upon when you when you open someone's shoes, or it's like it, they, they saw it as too low. They're like, man, this is even, no, I wouldn't tell anyone to open my shoes. And John the Baptist says, look, there's someone coming, and I'm not even worthy to untie his shoes. Wow. He's putting himself so low, and he said, look, I, he's so awesome. You think I'm awesome? He's way more awesome. Wow. Right? And so John, he really is humble. He knows his spot. I believe that is bold and unashamed. Yeah. Yeah. When you know your position, you don't think too high of yourself, nor do you think too low of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You don't think that I'm awesome and nobody else is, but you also don't think, oh, I'm, I'm a nobody. Yeah. Right? you got to step into your role because only then will you have impact. Yeah. Only then will you have authority. If you, if you don't step into your role, you're not living your God-given potential. Yeah. Come on, bro. So we see that, that John the Baptist, he challenged everyone. Yeah. He challenged the crowd, right? Everybody is like, just be loving. Yeah. Text like, just be loving. The soldiers, the guys that would intimidate you. you know, whenever I go to the gym, there's these huge guys, right? <laughs> and, you, and, and they're just training next to you. They're like, oh, I don't even want... Let me change the exercise. Actually, it this morning. There's this one guy in the gym, right? He is super sold out. <laughs> he is wearing his mask at the gym, like oh, when, he, when he has like green powder and stuff. And, oh, no, and, and so, and, and he does like these, these great like bodyweight exercises and stuff. And, and, and I was just walking through this one area because I knew that it was the thing that I wanted to use. And Luke was still behind me. And I was just walking and I'm like, oh, let's just go that way. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> We went to the other side of the gym. We had the same thing there. So oh, nice. right. But it's like, oh, I'm intimidated by this guy. Right? And John the Baptist, he wasn't intimidated at all. He went to everywhere, so it's time for me to repent, right? Um, it says then in verse 18, it says, and with many other words, see, we see that he's a preacher. Right? A preacher preaches to people. We gotta use a lot of words to reach people. Amen. John ex exhorted the people and preached the good news to them. We gotta preach the good news with a lot of words. It says, but when John rebuked Herod the Tetrarch, right? This is the governor. Yeah. <laughs> okay, he also rebuked the guys like kings. Yeah. Like, wow. And it says, he rebuked him because of Herodias his brother's wife, mm -hmm. and all the other evil things he had done. Mm -hmm. Right? We got, we got to confront people with everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Well, you, you marry your brother's wife, that's horrible, bro. Mm -hmm. But you know what? That you're lying, that you're stealing, that you do this, 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 this is also horrible. You gotta repent of all of that. Yeah. And he drives crazy and puts him in prison, right? <laughs> but we gotta imitate John the Baptist. We gotta imitate him. We gotta go like, okay, I'm bold and unashamed. Yeah. Yeah. Not in an angry way, but in a righteous way. Yeah. Right? It's not about being angry. Yeah. But we gotta be righteous. Yes. Right? I want to ask you, do you have impact in your life? Mm -hmm. Do you have impact with yourself that when you read the Bible, you get convicted and you change? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And do you have impact with other people? When you read the Bible with them and challenge them, do they change? If not, you got to pray. Yeah. <laughs> you got to pray for, to God to help you and you got to confess to God and your disciples that you just have certain feelings mm -hmm. and that you can't change. Okay? That was point number one. The voice calling in the desert. On, right? Bro. We are in the spiritual desert. Point number two. We're ready. The way, the truth, and the life. Now this is Jesus. Yeah. Right? Now John the Baptist, he was bold, but Jesus is even on top. Yeah. Right? Yeah. This guy, Jesus, he says, I am the true vine. I'm the bread of life. I'm the light of the world. I'm the game. I'm the good shepherd. I'm the resurrection and the life. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. But we know that I am refers back to when God spoke to Moses. Yes. And so the Jews would absolutely know that he says that I am God. Wow. But even to Gentiles, imagine this. I said, hey bro, you want to you wanna be successful in life? Just come follow me. Do everything I do. I know everything. You go, what? Are you crazy? Like, who do you think you are? Do you think you're better than anyone else? Actually, yes. I know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. This is radical. Yeah. This is being unashamed. Mm -hmm. Like, what, what did you do? Oh, it doesn't matter. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. You better follow me. Mm -hmm. like, Jesus was crazy. But if it's true, then we better follow. Mm -hmm. Then in Matthew 23, Jesus starts to talk to the religious leaders. Mm -hmm. Actually to the whole crowd, but the religious leaders were part of the crowd. Come on down. Come on, brother. Come on, bro. It says in verse 1, that Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat, so you must obey them and do everything they tell you. But do not do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. Now imagine Jesus talking to all these people, and the Pharisees and the teachers of the law are in that audience. And he tells them that they are not right with God. In their face. Before everybody else. It says um, in verse 5, everything they do is done for men to see. Right? He says, look guys, these guys are hypocrites. Right? He actually tells them hypocrites several times in this passage. It says in verse 13, both you teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You shut the kingdom of heaven in men's faces. You yourselves do not enter, nor will you let those enter who are trying to. Mm -hmm. So now, what do you teachers of the law 
and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You travel over land and sea to win a single convert, and when he becomes one, you make him twice as much a son of hell as you are. Wow. Now, how would you feel about that? You go to church. Oh my God. You go to church and you tell everybody in front of the whole audience, hey guys, you're the pastor here. You know what? You make them more evil than you are. You're a son of hell. And so are they. Whoa. Yeah, wow. Come on, Jesus. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Wow. That is bold. Yeah. And unashamed of the gospel. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He calls them blind guides. Isn't that crazy? How would you feel if I would call you a blind guy? Yeah. Blind guy. That would be so insulting. Right? Mm. It says in verse 33, you snakes. You brood of vipers. Yeah. How will you escape being condemned to hell? Wow. That is fire. He goes, man, guys, what is wrong with you? How, can you? how could you run away from your condemnation? You will go to hell. And these people thought that they are right with God. And Jesus is challenging them big time. But now... Jesus doesn't do it out of anger and arrogance, no. right? We know that because in verse 37 it says, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hand gathers her chicks under her wings. But you were not willing. See, the problem is not God. The problem is that we are not willing. Yeah. The problem is that the world is not willing to simply get, get right with God. Mm. They don't want to get right with God. They love themselves way more. They value themselves over God. The things that they are concerned about are more important to them than what God is concerned about. It says, look, your house is left to you desolate. For I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Mm. See, he's basically telling them, you guys, you're going to go to hell. Unless you make me Lord and Savior of your life. Yeah. If you don't change that, you will go to hell. Yeah. He's compassionate with them. Yeah. He's, not, he's not doing these things out of anger. See, I want to I wanna, I wanna change from that myself. Yeah. I'm a disciple now for three years. And, and throughout the years, I've learned to study the Bible with people. But I used to be a very angry man. Oh, no. That, that's just my, my nature, right? I, I, I like to be confrontational. I like to be direct. I don't know, maybe it's in the German culture. <laughs> but I did it out of an angry, like in an angry way. Come on, dog. But Jesus wasn't angry about the people. He was, he was angry about the sin, but he loved the people. Yeah. Yeah. And he only challenges them so hard because he wants them to change and wake up. Yeah. But he doesn't do it out of anger. He's like, oh, you're horrible. No, he's, guys, please change. Look at, look at your past. You have Abram as your father. Look at the Old Testament and see how God tried to gather you again and again and again and you still never wanted to do the will of God. Mm -hmm. It's changed. Right? 
we got to do this in our Bible study. We have to get the heart of the people. Right? If, if you're like me, or how I was, angry, you're like, oh, you got to become a disciple. <laughs> but not loving, we will not have an impact. Mm-hmm. And I really want the, the London church to change. Yeah. Yeah. I want them to change. I want us to change. Mm-hmm. That we have the compassion that Jesus had for the people. In Matthew 26, I believe this is the boldest thing that we could ever do. It says in Matthew 26, verse 36, it says, Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. See, we talked about confronting people. Just now, John the Baptist confronted people, Jesus confronted people. But there's one other area that, that I believe is the most difficult thing in the world. We, of course, understand that this is right before Jesus gets uh, crucified, before the soldiers come and take him to the pilot and so on. But what I like is this Je- that Jesus is vulnerable. Yeah. Jesus goes to the garden to pray, and he takes his disciples with him, and he takes the, the three closest to him, with him, a little further. And he opens up to them. He says, my soul is overwhelmed. Have you ever felt overwhelmed? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I hate it. <laughs> I, had it, I had it on Friday. I was thinking about preaching. I'm like, oh, what should I preach? And, blah, blah. and so on. And I was like, oh, what? And, and what happened, it was, I was in bed already. And, and so your mind, right? Your mind doesn't see anything. Your mind is in a box. And the whole life, my whole life, my mind will, or my brain will be in a, in a, in a dark space. Pop my head. Right? And so, so my mind doesn't see the things. But it interprets it as if I was there already. Mm. So I go, like, oh, when I stand there, I don't yeah. know what to say. And my heart starts pounding. And you think about the days, uh, the next day, and what to do, and so on. And so my heart starts pounding for like two minutes, and it calm down, and oh, I'm calm again, and then start pounding again. And I was just overwhelmed with all the things that were going on in my life. Not only the preaching, not only, but also Bible studies, my family, and so whatever is happening mm. right now, I was overwhelmed. Yeah. I hate it. You, yeah. don't, you don't have direction anymore. Yeah, says, I'm overwhelmed with sorrow. Sorrow is deep sadness. <coughs> sadness. And he says, to the point of death. Jesus is so depressed right now that he wants to commit, commit suicide. He doesn't want to go to the cross. He is so overwhelmed with sadness that he wants to die right now. And he doesn't want to do what God And he opens up to his, to his guys, and he says, stay here and keep watch with me. He needs support. Jesus needs help. See, we got to be vulnerable. It says, hey, going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, my father, if it is not possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Jesus confessed to his friends 
but he also confessed to God. See, it's not enough to just conf confess it to the disciples. It's also not enough to just confess to God. We got to confess and be totally open with the disciples and with God. Yeah. And we know what God's will is. But we got to confess. And, and I believe this is the boldest thing you can ever do. Because if you don't open up, you will sooner or later die spiritually. Because yeah. you get so much into yourself yeah. and, and you don't know what to do mm -hmm. that you start to think that everybody else is against you. Oh, they are doing all well, and, and I'm the only one who's struggling, and so on. And no, but when you actually open up, it's quite freeing. Yeah. 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 Like, man, I, I, I struggle suicidal, of course. Mm. I struggled <coughs> from the age of 13 till 25. <coughs> I even had last December where I fell into sin, and then I struggled with suicidal thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, this is just who I am. Right. Yeah. But if I don't open up to people, they cannot relate to me, yeah. and I can't relate to them. And it just doesn't bring us close together. It says in 1 John. It says in 1 John verse 6. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. Now as society, we all walk in the, in the light. Don't get faked out that if you sin, that you all of a sudden walk in the, in the darkness again. Yeah. You're still walking the light because it's not your lifestyle, right? We all fall into sin at some point, right? It says then in verse 7, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, right? If we walk in the light, we have close relationships. It says, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. Yeah. And the truth is not in us. Mm -hmm. Basically, if you don't confess your sin, you think that you're sinless. Mm -hmm. If you don't yes. confess it and you rationalize it, yeah. then, uh, I don't have to confess. Mm -hmm. You're actually saying that you're without sin. Mm -hmm. You're actually saying, I, I'm good. I'm like Jesus. Yeah. No, yeah, he struggled as well. He would relate. Have you talked to that? No, I haven't. But I read the Bible and I saw that he struggled. So I justify it. No, Jesus got open to men and God. Right? We gotta confess our sins. We can't we can't take ourselves out. It says in verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. We gotta be vulnerable. We gotta find our people that the disciples that we can be open with about anything in our lives. But we also have to go to God. Yeah. One is not enough. We gotta be open with people and with God. Yeah. Let's be vulnerable. Yeah. Alright, that's true boldness, I believe. Amen. Come on, bro. Point number three. Come on, bro. Ordinary <laughs> man. Acts chapter four. Come on, Don. Come on, bro. Preach it. It says in verse 13, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Right? Right before, what happened was that John and Peter, they were evangelizing and they stirred up the crowds. 
right? And a lot of people actually got offended by that, so they throw them in prison. Now, what's cool is, is that still a lot of people um, become Christians because it grew to about 5,000 men. Mm -hmm. Now, here it only speaks about men. So it left other women for now, but there were also women they got uh, baptized. They became disciples. So although there was oppression, although there were issues with the government and with the police and whatnot, they were so bold and preached the word, and God showed himself to be faithful, and more and more people uh, became obedient to the faith. Yeah. Right? Um, and, and that is the cool thing. It says in verse 8, or after they, or let's start in verse 5. It says, the next day, the rulers, this is after they got uh, thrown in prison. It says, the next day, the rulers, elders, and teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Annas, the high priest, was there, and so were Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and the other men of the high priest's family. They had Peter and John brought before, before them and began to question them. Now that is intimidating. You have all these religious rulers talk to you. I'll be super intimidated. Yeah. By what power or what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a cripple and are asked how he was healed, then know this. You and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth whom you crucified. Isn't that awesome? That, that they, they, question, they question Peter and John. And Peter rocks up and he's like, filled with the Holy Spirit, he's like, you know what? We were actually kind to that guy. And you know by what power? It was by Jesus' power that you, you killed him. You remember that? You know, you gotta, you got to remind people of their sin. <laughs> right? You got to be like, hey, bro, yeah, you, you persecuted me. Oh, that's fine. But you know what you did? Then, then, then. You're not as awesome as you think you are. Right? We, we got to remind people of their sin. That's bold, I believe. You know, just be like righteous. Be, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you will talk righteous things. Yeah. You will not shy back and be like, oh, and so on. So I, I have to grow on this too because we got thrown off uh, UCL the other day. <laughs> we, got, we, we were just sitting there. We had a Bible study and the guy, he, he flipped out after a while at, at the um, First Timothy 4.16 about life and doctrine. And all of a sudden he, he stood up and said, I have to go now. What? Why? I'm meeting a friend. Okay. <laughs> and then Tommy was, he was there too. So Tommy was like, hey, are you too? Uh, why don't we take the same cue? And he's like, oh, I don't know which one I have to <laughs> and then this guy he walked over and we went to the refectory and, and then the, he, he, uh, there was a group of friends of his and he started talking to them for like five minutes <laughs> so he actually did have to go and then he left and then five minutes later there was a security guy coming in he said hey guys you gotta leave okay why I don't know my, je my boss just told me you gotta leave oh, wow. okay. Okay. okay and so on so now I said, like, okay, let's let's just leave, right? But then I got some discipling, you know, and then and then Mikey goes, you just don't have to answer them. You can just you just answer the questions back. Okay, great. Let's next time, right? Um, there's always something to learn. Um, but it is awesome, right? It says then, it says in verse 18, then they called them in again, so they they sent them out to discuss about them, and and then they called them back in and commanded them not to speak or teach or at all in the name of Jesus. 
They go, hey, stop evangelizing. <laughs> but Peter and John replied, judge for yourselves. Whether it is right in God's sight to obey you, obey you rather than God. For we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. Right? They go, well, you're men of God, right? Should we obey you or God? You gotta ask good questions. Yeah. Right? You gotta be bold. No, no, what, what do you think? Yeah. It says that after further threats, they let them go. So they kept on threatening them, right? There's another threat. If you do this, we do this to you. They could not decide how to punish them because all the people were praising God for what had happened. For the man who was miraculously healed was over 40 years. So then on their, on their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Mm -hmm. Right? Even after persecution, we gotta go to God. Yeah. You know, whenever somebody is, we gotta go to God in prayer. It, they said, Sovereign Lord, you made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. See, God is in control of everything. Mm -hmm. There can be another government and so on, but God is in, in the end, He's in charge. Mm -hmm. It says, You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our Father David. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand, and the rulers gather together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Mm -hmm. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in the city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus. Mm -hmm. Isn't it interesting that the Jews and the Gentiles yeah. get together? Mm -hmm. you, you see, your enemies, who are actually enemies beforehand, like they're also enemies, they will merge together to fight against you. Right? So your enemies will become friends. And then they'll fight you. It says, They did what your power and will had decided before and should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Yeah. Right? They were bold beforehand. Right? John and Peter, they were super bold. Yeah. But they go, Hey, God, please. Help us to be bold again and again and again. Yeah. Because just because you're bold now doesn't mean that you're bold tomorrow. Yeah. Or just because you're bold now doesn't mean that you're bold in an hour. Yeah. Right? We gotta, we gotta tell God, consider their threats. Yeah. See what we consider them, but God, you please consider them too. You gotta talk to God about everything. Yeah. It says, stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Amen. If you pray to be bold, God will give you boldness. Yeah. You can be unashamed because God is with you. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> now in conclusion, Come on, the question is what do they all have in common? It says in Luke chapter 1 about John, In verse 15 it says He is never to take wine or other fermented, fermented drink and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from birth. Right? And John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Spirit. Luke chapter 4 about Jesus. It says right after his baptism Jesus full of the Holy Spirit 
returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the desert. Mm. See, even Jesus was in the desert. Yeah. We are lost in the desert. We, we can't forget about that. But for 40 days, he was tempted by the devil. Mm -hmm. Right? To be successful in your temptations, you've got to be full of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. God has to guide you. Acts chapter 4. It says verse 8. It says, Then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. It says in verse 31, After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. See, the reason why we can be bold and unashamed is because we are full with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Right? If we're not full of the Holy Spirit, we cannot do anything. Yeah. We are not awesome. God is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And the question is, how do you get full of the Holy Spirit? Yep. Right? Yeah. Because a lot of people want to do awesome things. But they wonder why they can't. It's because you just are not full of the Holy Spirit. You're just not spiritual. Right? John and Peter, they did the word of God. They went out, they built the kingdom of God. So did John and so did Jesus. If you stop to build the kingdom of God, that's one indication that you cannot be full of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You cannot be spiritual if you don't build God's kingdom. Another thing is, is that they prayed yeah. for that yeah. stuff. Yeah. They asked God to fill it. Yeah. So the question is, are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Get yeah. you saved. Get, you receive the Holy Spirit. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. not an issue. Amen. But do you actually get filled every day? Mm. Do your quiet times fill you with God? Yes. Mm. Do you pray and you get courage to that and God is proud yeah. of you? He's like, yeah, of course I will give it to you. Yeah. Yes. Come on, if stuff is not, not happening in your life, it's because you're just not spiritual. Mm. Mm. Amen. I want to uh, question you. What do you value more? Yourself or God? God? If you value God more, you'll be bold and unashamed. And to God be all the glory. We would like to thank you for listening to that episode of the podcast. If you would like video versions of these episodes, whether it's sermon highlights or interviews, feel free to check us out on our website or view them on our YouTube channel. That's londonchurch.org.uk That's L-O-N-D-O-N-C-H-U-R-C-H dot org dot UK And for all other updates and information, whether it's services, events or devotionals, you can find all that on our website also. Once again, we'd like to thank you for listening and we'll catch you on the next one.